This is Marcus from North Carolina, and I never listen to I Doubt It with Dalimore. Jesse says I do. I guess we'll have to agree to disagree. The following broadcast may contain free thinking and open-minded discussion, ideas, skepticism, and adult subject matter. Topics will be discussed using adult language, sometimes gratuitously. Get ready to move the conversation forward. This ain't your granddad's news and comment show. This is... I Doubt It with Dalamore. Welcome to the show, everybody. Thank you for joining us. Episode 465 of I Doubt It with Dalamore. I'm your host, Jesse Dalamore, and I am joined this morning by the lovely, talented... Co-host, Brittany Page. <laughs> All right. I I made a post yesterday about how we're going to be recording the episode today, Friday, yeah, yeah. November 16th, and I called it the 300th and, or 365th episode. Yeah, yeah. And I was quickly corrected. <laughs> Almost immediately on Twitter. Yeah, I... I'm very sorry about that. 306, episode 365. Okay, what happened was we had just talked about what the next episode would be, and I I was just out of it yesterday. I'm still a little out of yeah, it. I'm drinking yeah, coffee yeah. right now, trying to get back with it. But uh, it's been a it's been a long week. We'll just we'll say that. <laughs> mm-hmm. Not uh, not to be helped by. All the the individuals in the Dollamore listener group on Facebook, mm-hmm. <laughs> which have really that that group on Facebook has really just turned into a a raccoon group. Yeah, just a fucking let's share pictures of raccoons. That's exactly group. what. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. Um, <laughs> I don't mind it. I've noticed that other people <laughs> have been commenting like, "Way to ruin a joke, you guys." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it is. It is quite a bit. Like the the drunk raccoon story, the raccoons that were eating the crab apples or whatever. Yeah. yeah, that's an old story. The fermented crab apples. Oh no, it's not raccoons that I've heard. M- m- mooses, moose. The moose. The moose in Alaska. Okay. Yeah, they get drunk on the fermented crab apples or whatever. Yeah, so that story was shared like three times, but yeah. it's Oh, in the group? Yeah. The the single, the one story was shared three different times. Yeah, it's a a lot of raccoon material. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Who knew? Who knew there was that much? Yeah, so I I don't know if I regret talking about it on the show. Um, It's just too much. It's a lot. If you're gonna t- listen, if, if you're gonna torture, <laughs> I think, I think I would rather have like twenty dollar bills just mailed to the PO box. Oh, you hate twenty dollar yeah, bills? Yeah, fuck you guys. Better not. <laughs> that would be terrible. Twenty dollar bills are disgusting. <laughs> I am very freaked out. You have night terrors. By yeah, by 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 twenty dollar bills. You wake up, Brittany, screaming. Is very freaked out by raccoons. Me, it's cold hard cash. Yeah, <laughs> it just is a fucking scary prospect. I don't know what it is. Yeah, well, it's the cottony feel of money maybe that's maybe that's yeah, it maybe also the germs money's pretty dirty now we're back <laughs> into britney page territory no i'm just giving you legitimate reasons to be concerned about the cash well that ruins the joke if i have real reasons to be well i like <laughs> to ruin jokes i guess <laughs> <laughs> anyway the point is the dollamore listener group has become a raccoon fan you know what's group. great about it and it's not really great. It's kind of a bummer. Is 
the the listener group was created by fans. It was it wasn't I didn't create that thing. Yeah, and I love it. I think it's awesome. But it's totally like usurped the actual Facebook page for the goddamn show. That's true. And right now, because I post videos from YouTube onto Facebook as well. Mm-hmm. Now we're getting into the weeds with sausage talk, but um. It, we're trying to get the video seen so we can start monetizing on on Facebook. Anyway, really in the weeds with the sausage talk. And everybody's in the, the listener group. Mm-hmm. No one's paying attention to the goddamn Facebook page. Yes. Well, also, they're, like you said, it's listener created. And in that listener group, some listeners have started a secret Santa for the listeners. Mm. And I'm glad you mentioned that. That link is also getting washed out in the raccoon. <laughs> My raccoon talk. Yes. So if you want to participate in that secret Santa uh, thing, I think the people that are organizing it should continue posting it like every day, maybe, or something. I think what we should have is Todd or Chris, those those are the guys who, are, who run the group uh, or moderate, whatever the term is, have them just pin that post to the top. Mm-hmm. So it'll be there. Yeah. So, but but there is like a secret Santa thing that's pr- trying to be organized. Yes. Among listeners, which mm-hmm. I think would be. Yeah, that's really cool. Yeah, pretty great. Speaking mm-hmm. of that, okay, one more thing, and then we're gonna move on. And that is uh, Thanksgiving. Listen, we're here. We're fucking here. It, it is. It's Thursday this 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 week. So get in your your Thanksgiving submission. Your your what the things you're thankful for voicemail or voice memo. 657-464-7609. Get them in by Tuesday because I have to put the segment together. It's not like a, it's not, you know, a self-creating thing. Mm-hmm. It's not nanorobots that just produce the fucking show. Mm-hmm. You know, the nanorobots. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so anyway, think about what you're thankful for. What this year taught you. Yes. There's only one other show between now and then that we're going to be able to talk about it. Mm-hmm. Don't put it off. No, no, I'll do that tomorrow. Right now. Yeah. 657-464-7609 or email a voice memo from your smartphone to idoubtit at dollamore.com. Do that right now. To take part in this episode, whether it be sending a message to someone that you love them, you appreciate them, you're thankful for them in your life, or just generally the things that you've gathered this year. There are a lot of things to be thankful for, even in shitty times, and I don't consider these shitty times, and we'd love to hear from you. So, with that, let's get to some other listener communication. Hey guys, this is Chris from Tennessee. I was calling to see if I can get your opinion on something. I saw a meme today that said, I will start caring about the struggles of illegal immigrants when all 39,471 homeless veterans living in America are well-fed, well-sheltered, and well-taken-care-of. Now, I'm pretty sure the people who share this meme are also the ones who roll their eyes at people in the grocery store who are buying name-brand cheese with food stamps. But I thought I'd get your opinion of this. What do you guys think? Is, is that a thing? The name brand cheese? That's what gets people worked up? Oh, of course it is. I'm, I'm sure. Yeah. 
Look at them getting that name brand cheese. Well, and I will tell you, those people, that I was very unhappy with my not name brand cereal. I would get the bag of cereal. Yeah, the bag is fine. The bag is fine. No, I would walk by the Lucky Charms and I would be pissed that I had to get (laughs) the bag of marshmallow. You know how much more? Whatever it was. Like the sugar smacks. It's the same goddamn thing. It's not the same. It is the exact same thing. It's 100% not the same. Because I grew up on the bags of cereal in fact we we didn't just eat the 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 the, the bags of cereal that was when times were were those were fat times mm-hmm. lean times were when we were eating the commodities the the like generic government supplied food mm-hmm. like farina mm-hmm. who the what the fuck is farina it's like a it's like malto meals like cheap ready to die cousin mm, that does not sound good but i also had malto meal see I know. And sometimes there were refried beans I know, in it. I was going to say, I know the story. <laughs> so anyway. Because um, the pan was not properly yeah, right, cleaned. Right. And you wonder where my issues come from. Yeah, right. So Let's get back to Chris's question. Okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, I think this is a great point from Chris, especially because, I mean, it's obvious what they're trying to do, right? But how often are people talking about the homeless veterans when it, they're not trying to use them as a political prop? That's exactly as right. As an argument against whatever you're talking about well it's the same thing with like pro pro pro-life people Mm -hmm. yeah you no, no abortion whatsoever you have to have that kid um until the kid's born and then fuck that kid Mm -hmm. you know what i mean yeah but i'm also talking about they aren't like posting on facebook throughout the year right here's this organization that helps homeless veterans please give to them i've been giving money to them all year like this is something i'm really passionate about that talking point about homeless veterans is only used when they need to re give a rebuttal because they they don't care as much about whatever population someone is talking about yeah oh well what about the homeless veterans well have you been doing something about that are you advocating on their behalf other than right now well the question really should be well so let's 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 actually talk about homeless vets and what we can do. Let's let's get into the the drug addiction and the all of the different elements that go into um, what would make someone mm-hmm. in a situation where they end up homeless. Mm-hmm. And uh, you're going to find someone who is yeah. Well, they made the choice to do the drugs. They may, you know they're going to be the hateful fucking asshole that they typically are without the. The comparison, like you're talking about, mm-hmm. the, the the distraction issue. Yeah. yeah. So. Yes. So I don't know what was the question. <laughs> what do we think? I think we just said what we think. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for the call, Chris. We appreciate it. Good luck with that person. All right. Let's get to an email. Okay. This is from... I don't know why I pointed across at you. This is... Like you're in another room and I'm giving you the cue. Go! Did you see how I jumped up and got <laughs> in the mic? <laughs> <laughs> it put pressure on me. So this is Tom from Brighton. I hope I'm saying that correctly. Hello. We probably also pronounce it just Brighton. Okay. Hello to the both of you. I have hard I hard T. I... Brighton. <laughs> I have lately taken to Facebook debates with people over Brexit. Yes, I am from the well, UK. What's with the over pronunciation right now? Well, it was in quotes. Debates? It was in quotes. <laughs> <laughs> Putting a little extra stank on it. Today, the news of May's Brexit deal has come out and the outcry is unbelievable. People are claiming that, quote, this is not what I voted for and other shit like that. 
Why is it that politics seems to allow people on the right, most Brexiters are leaning right, to forget about facts and what they have said in the past? The number of times they have used the, quote, we voted to leave, so get over it line to claim a Facebook win is overwhelming. But they seem to forget that Theresa May was elected and thus won the right to negotiate on the country's behalf. I'm no fan of hers. She's a bit of a twat, to be fair. <laughs> British. <laughs> but the but the hypocrisy of I don't the- again, I don't think it's twat. I think they pronounce it twat. So uh restate the line. Why don't you just read the emails going forward? <laughs> I think that might be a great idea. But the hypocrisy of the Brexiters is unbelievable. Well, hope this UK news is of interest to some. I would say Wayne is the best part. The cheeky wee cunt. <laughs> wow. Tom. Tom. That's like a term of endearment, I think, between the two. Yes. Tom and Wayne from Basildon. Mm-hmm. Um, this did just happen. This is all kind of breaking right now with, with uh, the Brexit deal. Theresa May stepped out in front of uh, her home on Downing Street and gave uh, a very brief statement about where they are, that they've got some negotiation, you know, kind of formulated before they move on and get sent to parliament. But uh, I'm, I don't want to play what she said. We could talk about it a little bit. But um, it's interesting that she doesn't, she seems to have some fans that seem like barricaded off very far away who are um, very vocal. The cabinet has just had a long, detailed and impassioned debate on the draft withdrawal agreement and the outline political declaration on our future relationship with the European Union. These documents were the result of thousands of hours of hard negotiation by UK officials and many, many meetings which I and other ministers held with our EU counterparts. I firmly believe that the draft withdrawal agreement was the best that could be negotiated and it was for the Cabinet to decide whether to move on in the talks. The choices before us were difficult, particularly in relation to the Northern Ireland backstop. But the collective decision of Cabinet was that the government should agree the draft withdrawal agreement and the outline political declaration. This is a decisive step which enables us to move on and finalise the deal in the days ahead. These decisions were not taken lightly, but I believe it is a decision that is firmly in the national interest. When you strip away the detail, the choice before us is clear. This deal, which delivers on the vote of the referendum, which brings back control of our money, laws and borders, ends free movement, protects jobs, security and our union, or leave with no deal or or no Brexit at all. I know that there will be difficult days ahead. Uh, This is a decision which will come under intense scrutiny and that is entirely as it should be and entirely understandable. But the choice was this deal which enables us to take back control and to build a brighter future for our country or going back to square one with more division, more uncertainty and a failure to deliver on the referendum. It's my job as Prime Minister to explain the decisions that the government has taken and I stand ready to do that, beginning tomorrow with a statement in Parliament. But if I may end by just saying this, I believe that what I owe to this country is to take decisions that are in the national interest. 
And I firmly believe, with my head and my heart, that this is a decision which is in the best interests of our entire United Kingdom. So the the deal here is... I think the chaos back there perfectly illustrates how chaotic the situation is overall. For sure. Yeah, that was (laughs) a lot. (laughs) Listen, I'm, I'm sympathetic to some of the 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 smaller issues that people have with the um, the rules of the European Union mm-hmm. relative to products and trade um commerce in some things but the the overarching issue here for me with Brexit is that if well, one I don't think it's going to work out I think it's going to be a bomber for the United Kingdom but if one, if they, t- if they, th- they're a major player here. When they leave, if they leave and it's a clean break and they're free all the way from the European Union, it might make it attractive for someone else because it'll be a largely weakened U- European Union. And then if another player leaves, then the whole thing is going to unravel. And we have seen an unrivaled, unprecedented era of peace in Europe. Now, the European Union isn't old enough to be credited with all of that, but it is certainly an element. Because when you have economic partners that rely on one another, you have a situation where they're not going to go to war with one another because they rely on each other to make money and have a stable economy. And if that breaks apart... It's going to it's going to lead to a more unstable and unsafe world because of it. Mm-hmm. So um so kudos to those guys screaming fuck you or whatever they were saying in the background. <laughs> Good times. I mean we're th- this has to go. There's still a long way ahead for this thing to come to fruition because it's she can't just pull the trigger on it. They have to negotiate. They have to really talk to the to to the, the European Union officials and make it happen. Like iron out the the finer points. Um, it is interesting that Tom is talking to people who are kind of going back on what they originally wanted, and that happened almost immediately. And now saying that this isn't what they wanted, and it, it is. I mean, it's sad that people can't just be forward thinking. And yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I find it very funny that there's so much commonality between the even the phraseology of these dickbags on Facebook. We voted for Brexit. Get over it. I mean, that's I'm using the the, the mag American accent, mm-hmm. but but that's the exact. He's your president now. Get over it. What? what where, where the fuck did that come from? Mm-hmm. The get over it. Obama was elected. Get over it. I never remember that happening. And I didn't vote for the guy. I would have been someone who was getting told to get over it. Mm-hmm. I, it's just weird that it's being used on both sides of the pond. Anyway, Tom, thank you for the, the email. We appreciate it very much. I think we mentioned this last time in passing on the show, the Baraboo, the, the Wisconsin high school prom picture with the kids throwing up the Nazi salute. Um, do we not? You were giving me a quizzical face. I, I just, I don't think that the news, I don't think that was news mm. when we did the last episode, but I don't know. Well, in any case, um, the, I think the junior class for Baraboo, a high school in Baraboo, Wisconsin, um, 
took a picture for prom. Threw up there. I think it was prom. Is it not prom time? Is it? Well, this is like old. Oh, so, it's, oh, it's from the the picture just made the news. Yeah, I believe All the right. photo was taken like six months ago or something like that. So, um, is that when prom is six months ago? <laughs> I, I don't know. So yeah. they they threw up their hands in a in a in a Nazi salute, and some of them were doing the old OK sign like down at their sides. It was clear what was going on, mm-hmm. and uh, there was a bunch of outrage as there should be that kids need to be. Uh, Taught to act fucking right. They're going to be adults here in a couple of years or a year. Just or a few months. Or already are. Yeah, maybe. or already are, right. And uh, anyway, um, there was outrage on the internet. We didn't really talk about it because it's, you know, it's stupid kids. And uh, we got a call. Hey, this is Eagle from Wisconsin. Um, I wanted to address the Baraboo prom photo shoot considering it's in my state and I have had a similar experience to this. Um, I want to take it apart piece by piece because there is controversy about this in my state. Um, for, for good reason, I think. Uh, looking at the photographer when he said, I wanted to, I wanted them to raise their hand as kind of like a wave to their parents and everything. So, bye mom, bye dad. Um, I can, I can honestly believe that that was his intention. He was hoping the students would do that. And he probably, uh, overlooked it, you know, not, not to, you know, kind of dismiss it, but he, he probably thought, you know, the way most parents do, they want to see the good in their kid. They don't want to say, oh, no, not my kid. And he, he's not, you know, any kind of, you know, shit troll or anything like that. Um, so I can I can honestly see that, and I don't think he really should be to blame. I mean, did he make a mistake in posting out on Twitter? Yeah. Yeah, I, I think he did. But I don't think he meant any harm by it. Now, in regards to the students, um, they're high school boys. They haven't really changed that much in years, especially since... I've been in school. Um, when I was in high school, there, my freshman year, there was this kid uh, who, when we were outside and it was snowing, there was a layer of snow on the ground. He's like, hey, I'm going to draw something really stupid and big on the, in the snow. And I'm like, okay, thinking it's going to be a butt or a penis or whatever. And um, he just draws a 15-foot swastika. And I'm like, oh, no, you can't do that. Um, and... You, you, you know that, that that was that was like how many years ago? I don't know. I'm getting old, but I th- I think that's what these students did. They saw an opportunity to do something edgy because they call themselves fucking edge lords, fucking cell dwellers, and um, they're like, oh, I want to do it for the lols. It's it, it's gonna get such a big reaction. People are gonna freak out. We're gonna see if we can get away with this. Um, I, I see it as that they just took an opportunity to do something extremely mature extremely in poor taste um and that's that's just kind of always been the thing the only difference now is we're pointing that shit out saying no you can't do that or you shouldn't do that because that's not something to joke about um just wanted to address that i i think it's we're we're blowing things out of proportion we shouldn't blow out we should realize these are kids and they're doing something wrong and we should definitely call them out for this shit but anyway, that's my ramble for the day. Uh, love you guys. Bye. Yeah. So the photo is the class of 2019, not 2018. And it is their junior prom photo. Yeah. So, so they're not kids who are. For so they're the, going to be graduating. Th- that's right. Well, the, the, the photographer, they took the picture last year. There, it doesn't make sense to me that a photographer would have kids who aren't seniors yet wave goodbye to their parents. That doesn't it doesn't jive. Right. So so it was taken six months ago and they're that was their junior prom. Yeah. They're seniors 
now. Now, because yeah. they're going to be the class of 2019. And that's a great point. The photographer, as a defense, said that he asked them to wave goodbye to their parents. But I, I want to respond to something Eagle said, which is that this is just like a joke that the kids did and, and they're just being dumb. The reporter who posted this photo on Twitter and it went viral actually started getting a lot of messages from students who have either graduated from the school or are still at the school about instances of racist bullying by hmm. kids that are in the photo. Yeah. And that the school tends to do nothing about it based on these reports from these students, these messages that he was getting. So there possibly is an issue where maybe some of the kids mixed in there are just dumb, right? Followers. Followers. And when I looked at that picture, I felt really sad because, you know, think back to when you're 16, 17, 18, and you're in school and there's peer pressure and all that stuff. And there's a certain percentage of those boys that are just sad. They don't know who they are. They want to fit in. They are doing anything to fit in. So they're laughing and going along with something that's stupid that they think is stupid, but they don't have the confidence to yeah. stand up uh, like Jordan Blue, the guy on the right who didn't do it, didn't do the Z Kyle. Mm -hmm. And that's unfortunate. But also there are probably mixed in there legitimate kids that are legitimately racist. Of course there are. For sure there are. And so I don't think giving a pass overall saying that they're just kids and it's a stupid joke and people got caught up. I think there are likely legitimate problem cases in this group. Well, I think. Well, one, listen, I think there's a difference between some random kid drawing a big swastika in the snow and a group of 60 or 70 or how many kids are in this picture throwing up a Nazi salute. There's a, it's just a different thing. Mm -hmm. It's not, oh, me and my buddy were out there and. He thought he'd be edgy and, you know, drew a swastika on a bathroom wall. That's there's a difference here. Yeah. And so I was obviously raised in the white supremacist household. Just have to reiterate that for new listeners. <laughs> so when I start talking about this, it's not confusing. But I would have been particularly sensitive in my schools in Idaho to people doing racist displays or things like that, because I would have recognized it as, oh, <laughs> you know, that you're like my parents. That yeah, happens yeah. at home. But I didn't notice a lot of that, even though I went to school in Idaho and it was like predominantly white, mostly white. Yeah. Handful of kids of color. Yeah. And in overwhelmingly white. Let's. Yes, overwhelmingly. Yeah. And the only time that I remember anything racist at school happening was in my later high school years when there were actually like two kids that became skinheads hmm. and they had symbols on their jackets and stuff. And I would see them in the hall and I'm like, wait a minute, what's what's happening? Would here? you think uh, fucking posers or were you? No, I was out of it by then. Oh, oh, oh. Uh, and I just thought no one's doing anything about that. Like yeah. <laughs> no one's going to talk to them about what's on their jacket or how they have shaved heads now. Because you recognize it as... as Warning signs, dangerous. Yeah, I mean, even if they're just trying to rebel or something, I was like, is... An intervention needs to happen. Yeah, you know, what's going on here? Also, yeah. one of them was for sure a problem. I would not be surprised if, if he's in prison now. Uh, and that's sad. But these kids, 
that are in this photo if there are problem cases that needs to be addressed. And so now they're saying police are investigating this instance. What what yeah. are they investigating? Yeah, what are the police and what are they going to do? What's what's the plan? Hmm. What what happened in the photo that the police need to investigate it? Yeah, I don't um I, I think I don't think it's wrong to just chalk this up to a bunch of dumb fucking kids. I don't think it's wrong. But I think it's short-sighted. I think that there, there, there does need to be some intervention done relative to... Because listen, these kids are going to go through their lives if nothing happens, if there's no consequence whatsoever. And they're going to think, yeah, fuck, this is something you can do. Mm-hmm. However, I think that they may have caused themselves a lot of problems. There's a lot of colleges that are going to be looking at their um, college applications and realizing, oh, you're one of those kids. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, we'd rather not have you on campus. Yeah, especially the one in the front that was doing the the OK symbol. Yeah, the white is, power. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I don't know. I'd love to know what the audience thinks about it. I, I think it's easy to say, yeah, fuck these kids. Some of them are just stupid goddamn kids, though. It's it's not easy. It's not it's not an easy yes or no. There's certainly nuance here. Yeah, and hopefully there are adults that care about these kids that can pull them aside and talk to them, see what's going on. Are are these legitimate views or do we need to work on your confidence so that you don't go along with things? Yeah. Because we need more people that feel confident in standing up against us. Yeah. And that was a sea of white faces. There were some people of color in that photo. Like five, maybe. Yeah, and... I mean, that is really tragic. Yeah, I would say this, though, about about Eagle's point. And the only thing I'd really fully disagree with is this photographer. Mm-hmm. He's a fucking dipshit. Mm-hmm. He chose six months after the fact to post this on Twitter like it's fucking cute when this is not cute. I think he had it up for sale. Wow. Like he was selling yeah, the photo. Just, even. Uh, come on. Yeah. I mean, unless he's another fucking dumbass high school kid. Sounds like he's an adult, though. Mm-hmm. Um, he's the problem here, I think. I mean, obviously, there's potential problems in the crowd. Um, I don't know. Anyway, thanks for the call, Eagle. We appreciate it very much. Uh, last time on the show, we talked about, again, since Thanksgiving is coming up, we talked about dealing with family. Every year, this since the, you know, the, the introduction of Donald Trump to our politics, it becomes... A tough time some for some people to to interact with family because politics in, invariably shows up on the scene. A couple glasses of wine and Uncle Vern. We're going to start saying Uncle Vern. <laughs> who is it with the Uncle Vern? We have a we have a listener in in uh, who is posting about their uncle with the the posts on Facebook. I think it's Carly from Houston. <laughs> I'm not sure, but. Uh, Uncle Vern, rather than Uncle Gary, because mm-hmm. apparently somebody's got an Uncle Gary. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm super sensitive to people's uncles. Very much so. <laughs> so, um, face or uh, Thanksgiving is um, kind of a fraught time, and we 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 have a voicemail and an email about people and their thoughts about it. Jesse and Brittany just listened to episode 464 in reaction to the holiday season family gatherings I had to write in. In an attempt to make this brief after the election and some exchanges on Facebook between my sister and myself, she unfriended me and my brother. 
She has made attempts to reconnect over the last two years, but her choice to vote to make America great again and then complaining about having no health insurance after spraining her ankle a few days after election night has not motivated me to pack up myself and my wife and kids to make the 300-mile drive to my hometown. I find it much better for my blood pressure to stay home and enjoy a smaller, more restive holiday season. And I haven't been on Facebook for over a year now. This has been such an amazing experience. Helps me out a lot. Interested in hearing from the two of you, my plans are set. But is this avoidance a dodge to stay away from confrontation? Or do you think that the two-faced nature of the situation, the trash talk was only when there was online communication, never when my mother would call me and ambush me handing the phone to my sister, which has happened a few times in recent months. Thanks, Tim. That's very unfortunate that Tim is being ambushed where, yeah. where his mom will call and then put the sister on the phone. Because that's conspiracy. That's unless she's also ambushing the sister like, you know, he, here's the phone and then she doesn't know who's on the other end. But it, unless... the, way it, the way it was written, I was thinking that they're both in on it. You know what I mean? We're we're a little different on this. Slightly. We're slightly askew. You and I, because I'm 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 with Tim. I'm, I mean, I don't know where exactly he is, but I, I, I don't have any fucking problem. Fuck those people. I, I I don't I mean I don't it, it it's if you're gonna be a dick about it and you know it's a sensitive thing if you know it is sensitive for like for instance me I'm not a believer I don't I don't have religion and if I'm gonna be a dick to someone about their faith and I used to be all the people who disconnected from me when I was an asshole about it I don't fault them that was my fault I was the problem. And if they're going to deride you and be asshole to you, then they shouldn't be trying to guilt you when there's a disconnection. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I, I'm I I have less uh, less sympathy about it. Yeah, I guess I don't know what the what the read is here. I don't know if his sister was. She unfriended them. Right. So I don't know if she was being abusive in the in the discussions. Because you're kind of painting a picture that you were hateful. And so you understand why people disconnected from you. But his sister deleted him. And so I don't know what their discussions mm. were like yeah, or yeah. how That's com- a good point. or how combative things were, if there were abusive things said. It sounds like Maybe the sister wants to reconnect if she's in on it with the mom with the ambushing. <laughs> I don't I don't know. A lot of unanswered questions. Yeah, but I would say this just makes me really sad that politics can cause these disconnects in family. I yeah. mean, disconnecting from your family over politics seems really serious. Um I I understand things like racism (laughs) yeah and that is far more difficult to navigate i think than other political differences like when racism comes up at the holidays i i have friends who go home for the holidays and they hear racist comments from their parents and yeah they have to make choices because they like fly in yeah that should be a fucking deal breaker and 
there's other people there and they have to kind of navigate what they're going to do, yeah. what they're going to say, how they push back. That's difficult. When you're talking to a family member and they voted for Trump and they don't have health insurance now and you want them to see the correlation between their vote and their current station in life yeah. and how maybe their vote was not beneficial for where they ultimately want to be and they won't accept that. That that's tough to get at because you want your family member to see it. Once again, you're softening my recalcitrant position. I, I, you're, I, it's making sense that yeah, don't we want them back in the fold, kind of a thing. You want to convince them to show them the folly of their way, and my way is just easier. It's fuck them. I don't have to think about it. Well, and sometimes that's okay to take that position. And I think if you're going to have a, a conversation that is going to be relationship ending take a break mm. do that disconnect maybe not unfriend on facebook or whatever but take a take a step back if you're <laughs> talking to your family at thanksgiving and it starts to get heated go to a separate room for a little bit and and take a break don't let it bring get... a bottle of wine with you yeah <laughs> crack open that champagne and take take a little breather but don't let it get to that point i think that maybe that's the better method that we need to try is is not letting things escalate to that point where everyone's screaming fuck you and you have to yeah. like scramble out of the house because things are escalating because <laughs> you got into an argument about healthcare uh or guns or something um but yeah I, I really feel for tim i wouldn't say that it's avoidance because who am i to tell tim that he's avoiding something when he's like, this past year has been amazing for me. I feel really healthy. I feel yeah. happy. Tim, you're making a choice for your life that yeah. that is making it better. Why would you say, is this avoidance? You're making a choice that feels good to you. That, that That's the other thing. And for we me. don't know yeah. what's going on. We don't know what happened in these conversations. We don't know what was said. So if you feel good, that seems to be pretty important. It's yeah. a data point to take into consideration. I have, uh, there are family that, that I'm not connected to anymore. And sometimes people in your life are cancers and they need to be surgically removed. And you shouldn't feel bad about, I mean, you should feel the loss. There's a loss there. Mm -hmm. But if, if, the, if the overall, if the quotient of sorrow and misery in your life is lessened, it's changed inexorably for the better, then don't, I wouldn't regret. I mean, mm -hmm. regret that the, it's like you, you lose a, a loved one. Mm -hmm. But sometimes it has to be done because people are toxic. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying that's the case here because I don't know all the details. We don't know. Yeah. But, you know, for those of you out there, sometimes you, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta do what makes what's best for you and yours. Mm -hmm. And um, that's, sometimes that's, Taking a step back. So I think Tim will have a great Thanksgiving with his family, with his wife and his kids. Yeah. And relaxing, it sounds like. A relaxing day. It sounds like Tim's got a lot to be thankful for. And his, um, his, <laughs> his, I'm looking here on the list, and uh, his submission for oh. the Thanksgiving episode is, is uh, absent, conspicuously absent. Wow. So, so, you know, fuck you, Tim. You just got called <laughs> out, sir. <laughs> Tim, do you feel that heat? Uh, somebody else is getting ready to be surgically removed from uh -oh. the show. Uh, let's move on. Thanks, Tim. We appreciate it very much. Uh, same topic, uh, voicemail. 
Courtney again. I called a while back, um, you know, Love and Sex, uh, about the MAGA bomber, if you remember correctly. Um, and I'm calling in response to your Thanksgiving, um, how to deal with people who don't agree with you. Um, I have to do that quite a lot, especially uh, concerning where I live. I live in the deep recesses of southern West Virginia, so there's a lot of Trump supporters around. My dad seems to be one of his biggest acolytes, and I found that with him, it's, there's just no no point in arguing. Um, my family, for the most part, is pretty fat intolerant. They don't, you know, want to hear about research, or if I bring up research, the first question is, where did that come from? Um, I'm one of the um, one of the few um, people in my family, if not the only um, person, at least on the West Virginia side, that actually went away to college. Um, so I get accused a lot of the time of being brainwashed by liberal professors, when really, in actuality, my entire high school career, I was just brainwashed by my family and Fox News. Um, and I've just found that, like, it's, you know, if you stick to the facts, if you don't um, result to name-calling, you you have at least somewhat of a better um, result. Uh, I got my father to admit that not all, uh, not all, um, there weren't as many, what's the word, uh, falsely accused rapists as there were, um, but only when it came to normal people. People like Brett Kavanaugh, who were famous, had a much higher rate, but I count that as somewhat of a win. Um, it's just, you know, pushing as much as you can. I've got my mother to agree that voting for Trump probably wasn't in her best interest, and I got most of my family to vote Democrat in the, in the last election. You're always going to have that one holdout. My dad is the crazy conservative uncle, um, but... Burn. If you if you push forward and you use facts and you appeal to to the humanity in the person, I find that it's a lot more um, beneficial. Um, and that's all I have to say about that. Uh, I hope you guys have a wonderful week. Um, love the show. Brittany's the best part. Love the show. Brittany's the best part. Bye. I think that's a really good point, Courtney. The what? That Brittany's the best part? No. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that was not timed well. Sorry about that. Um, the the part about appealing to their humanity, because if you come at these conversations that you're speaking to a hateful person who is stupid and an idiot and doesn't get it, then you're probably not going to be talking to them in a way that will convince them of anything. They're going to feel attacked. It's going to shut them down. But if you approach people trying to appeal to the compassion and the empathy within them that you have seen because you know them, you know that they're family, and you have seen instances where they show compassion for other people, yeah, and you can appeal to that in them when they start to maybe talk about certain populations without compassion or empathy. I think that that is a strong way to go. And Courtney has a very high success rate. Yeah, <laughs> Did you hear say. all those people that she was listing? Yeah, well, the other thing is, it's so great when she says, you know, there's always one holdout. I convinced everybody. Yeah, yeah. Well, there's always one. You, you, you're you're going to have a 99% success rate. Yeah, yeah. I'm very impressed. This is very impressive. She needs to write a paper on this. Yeah. Well, what are your methods? What are your tactics? Yeah. So we appreciate it, Courtney. Thank you very much. Um, as always, we appreciate all the listener communication. We'd love to hear from you. 
7609. Of course, you can always email voice memos from your smartphone to idoubtit at dollamore.com. Support for I Doubt It with Dollamore comes from generous, engaged, intelligent, and good-looking listeners like you by way of Patreon. Your support on Patreon for as little as a dollar a month helps keep the show going and move the conversation forward one podcast at a time. If you would like to join the ever-growing family of supporters, please visit patreon.com slash idoubtitwithdollamore. Michael. Michael. Andrew. Andrew. Carol. Carol. Romantic Warrior. Romantic Warrior. And Kristen. Kristen. And then we have one individual who edited their pledge to a higher amount, and that is Courtney. Courtney! Yes. Awesome. Beautiful. Thank you so much for your support, you guys. If you are expecting a sticker and you have not received one, it might be because I don't have your address. I sent out a message to people who need a sticker and I don't have their address. So check your messages on Patreon. You can download the Patreon app, by the way, yeah, and connect that to your account. And then you can just open the app on your iPhone and see the messages that we send you and the posts that we make there. And it makes things much easier, I would assume. Oh, the other thing about the Patreon is we kind of made an update to the Patreon page where we put a new banner up. And I actually added a couple new goals And one of the goals, we're almost there. We're like almost 95% of the way, and that's the hashtag third episode. Mm -hmm. The other two are, we'll just talk about the next one, which, because the other one's, you know, ways. Uh, And that is, we are looking to get into new studio space. Mm -hmm. We're doing this from the house now, and it is cramped. Just a bit. Not a good time. And with your help, we're going to be able to lease a very small studio space to be able to do both the YouTube videos and the podcast out of. Mm -hmm. And we'll be able to... That's not just going to benefit us, though. That's also... We're going to be able to get... Because we live in the Los Angeles area, guests have them in studio. Right. It's not feasible right now to have guests in studio. Yeah. Um, It just... We don't... It's not. It's not going to work. So... um, I mean, the first time that Harley Ruda was on the show... It was in our home studio. Right, but that is no longer the situation anymore. Yes. That that space is being used. It was also quite shocking for Harley. That Well, that I would say was why <laughs> he was worried he might be killed. Yeah, he's like, what is happening right yeah, now? Yeah, he walked in the Where house. Where am I? Yeah, he was like, oh, so... Like, he thought he was walking into, like, a, an actual the deal. Yeah. And then he's standing in the living room. Yes. <laughs> yep. And then we went into the studio, but... Yeah. He was a little worried for a second. Yes, but it all worked out. So that won't be the case yeah. <laughs> if we get some dedicated space in a, you know, like a warehouse or whatever. Yeah, we won't so. scare people away. So your, your your support on Patreon will go toward that as well as everything that it goes toward right now. Mm-hmm. Keeping the lights on, helping us move the conversation forward. Um, you guys are beautiful and we appreciate every single bit of support that we get from you guys. I don't know what the pause was, but... You just really meant it. Yeah, I really meant it. Mm-hmm. Little added effect. Yeah. Good times. Dollamocracy. Facing down pessimistic politics with realistic optimism. So I had a clip raring to go. We were going to do the show last night. I'm glad we waited. We waited for this reason. Yeah. Um, CNN sued Donald Trump mm-hmm. because of the revocation of uh, Jim Acosta's hard pass. Correct. To get into the White House because he is the chief White House correspondent, mm-hmm. maybe the chief Washington correspondent 
for for CNN. And after the spat that we played, where he got into the what uh, the White House categorized as a tussle or whatever, mm-hmm. but he put his hands on the intern, which they took back in the court. Proceedings. That's right. They didn't argue that in, in court. Mm-hmm. Weird that when you when you file sworn documents. You don't make your stupid, ridiculous, asinine, fuckery arguments. Well, the court doesn't matter. It's the uh, court of public opinion online. That's what matters to them, yeah. So um, we waited because this morning the judge ruled Mm -hmm. that Jim Acosta's, not his First Amendment rights, but his Fifth Amendment's rights, his due process rights were violated by the White House. And he ordered that they immediately reissue his hard pass and allow him to do his job. Right. So that explains our brief delay. So White House Press Secretary Sarah Sanders issued a statement on the ruling, and she said, quote, we will temporarily reinstate the reporter's hard pass. I want to stop the quote here because you will note that she's almost like dehumanizing Jim Acosta by by refusing to use his name. Ever since this happened, she has been refusing to use his name, Mm -hmm. calling him the reporter when we know that she has a personal relationship with Jim Acosta. So to call him the reporter just seems very aggressive. Yeah. I th- think of someone that you work with on a daily basis that you see regularly that you have interacted with and then you just start calling them the something. You know? <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, that's yeah. a weird that's a weird thing to me. Anyway, she continued, quote, we will also further develop rules and processes to ensure fair and orderly press conferences in the future. There must be decorum at the White House. So I'm wondering what that means. They're going to be developing new rules to ensure fair and orderly press conferences. We watch the press conferences more than we don't when they happen. Now they're only like once a fucking month, but um, it seems pretty orderly. Mm-hmm. It doesn't seem to be a free for all or chaos. It, it seems to be um, a lot of deference shown. I mean, look, the, the, is it spirited? They're asking questions and, Yes, but it's not a it's not a free for all. Mm-hmm. I don't know what is she talking about. Well, and using fair in this context, that's pretty nebulous. How how is fair defined when it comes to the Trump administration and the press? Right. That's what's concerning. Yeah. Because fair to Donald Trump is he doesn't like certain questions being asked. Right. Well, anything that is a is critical coverage is fake news. Yeah, and unfair. Right. So is he, are the new rules going to involve passing out questions yeah. to the reporters? Yeah, right. No, it's, a, it's actually a valid question. Here's the question that President Trump wants you to ask. I mean... We've, we've developed a series of fair questions. Right. And here's the questions that we want you to ask. And then here in advance are the answers to the questions we've given you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I wouldn't put it past them. Yeah. And we're making jokes here. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting. We'll see what happens here. Obviously, they are planning something. There's talks going on. Yeah. So I'm, I'm sure that we'll be hearing about it soon when all the leaks come out <laughs> and we hear about it before they want us to. Because the White House is in shambles and chaos. And yeah. We, we'd like to know, though. We, we'd like to know. Yes. What a stupid question that is. it's disgusting that we even have that clip Mm -hmm. of the president of the united states treating the the press unfairly very true they talk about fairness yeah but it only goes one way Mm -hmm. 
So, so Donald Trump woke up the other day. That's not the that's not the line. Oh. Of course, he woke up the other day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but he woke up the other day and was losing his mind on Twitter. He's he's shocking, uncharacteristically down right now. Apparently, he's in a what? What's the phrase they're using? Like a dark mood or something? Yeah, they talk about him like he's a child, like a sour mood. Yeah, and... he's freaking out on like junior press aides as well as senior officials. Mm. He apparently is um, dismayed by the election results. Was surprised by the election results. Oh, but I thought it was like a great success for the Republicans. <laughs> it's very weird to me that he lives in such a cocoon that he is that he is isolated off from reality so much that he thought that that 26 2018 was going to be a repeat of 2016 and like all the polls were going to be wrong and it was going to be a a red way. He really thought Republicans were going to win. Although I will say even on CNN they were saying on election night this is not a blue wave. Yeah, that whole night every time they'd say that I'm like we're 15 minutes in. How the fuck are you saying it's not a blue wave because now here we are. Yeah. Um, you know, half a month removed mm-hmm. and holy shit, it absolutely was an unmitigating success for the Democrats. All of Orange County. Every single congressional district in Orange County is blue. Orange County, California. When before, mm-hmm. it was only like two. Yeah, Orange County, California is a conservative area. <laughs> right. We have John Wayne Airport here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it is no longer. Completely blue. It is completely blue. Hillary Clinton barely won, and mm-hmm. it was the first time in like 30 or 40 years yeah. that a Democrat had taken this in the presidential uh, arena. And here we are now. It's a blue, completely blue county. Yeah. So when Donald Trump came out after the the day after the midterms in that morning, based on what he was probably watching the previous night, yeah. he might have felt good. It, they might have been massaging his ego a bit about the results. And now reality is is crashing down. Yeah. Well, there's, it's unavoidable. It's, it's undeniable now. Mm-hmm. The numbers, you can't lie with the numbers. Yeah. The, even now we're 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 learning more and more races that are being called because of the 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 super tight races and the house is overwhelmingly democrat. Yeah, well, you know that something is wrong when Donald Trump starts tweeting about how the White House is running very smoothly. Yeah. <laughs> All of a sudden, that's how the the tweet starts. <laughs> he also went off yesterday about Robert Mueller. I will say this. Look, I have millions of people on Twitter a lot of people if somebody can't handle a twitter account they can't handle the nuclear company so he tweeted a, a handful of tweets here about Mueller. The inner workings of the Mueller investigation are a total mess. They have found no collusion and have gone absolutely nuts. They are screaming and shouting at people, horribly threatening them to come up with the answers they want. They are a disgrace to our nation and don't care how many lives the ruin. That's, that's what it says. <laughs> how many lives the ruin? These are angry people. 
capitalized, including the highly conflicted Bob Mueller, who worked for Obama for eight years. No, he didn't. They won't even <laughs> look at all of the bad acts and crimes on the other side. All caps here. A total witch hunt like no other in American history. All right. Universities will someday study what... Hi- <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ! <laughs> will someday study what highly conflicted and not Senate approved Bob Mueller and his gang of Democrat thugs have done to destroy people. Why is he protecting crooked Hillary, Comey, McCabe, Lisa Page, and her lover, Peter S., and all of his friends on the other side? <laughs> you know, it's, it's very weird to me oh. that he just walks into criticism because talking about how one uh, Robert Mueller is not Senate confirmed, he doesn't need to be Senate confirmed. He the, the people who he reports to are Senate ref- confirmed, except for the acting Attorney General Matt Whitaker is not Senate confirmed for his position, and that actually is. A problem. As we played last time, even Judge Napolitano, the Fox News employee, mm-hmm. will say mm-hmm. he even has issues, says he's not legally qualified to be the attorney general. Yeah, I was actually watching Judge Napolitano on with Stuart Varney. And they got into a hilarious exchange about Jim Acosta, the CNN lawsuit. Oh, yeah. And uh, Judge Napolitano was saying uh, CNN was going to prevail. There's no and, case here. And they did. And um, Stuart Varney was very reluctant to accept what Judge Napolitano was saying. The actual expert. Right. And <laughs> Judge Napolitano is very... Uh, stern when it comes to the Constitution. He adheres to the Constitution. That is his guide. He loves the Constitution. If he could create a blanket in it and walk around. He's a super libertarian guy. (laughs) Yeah. So um, he's definitely opposed to government overreach at all. And at one point, he said, well, sorry, Stuart. Something like this. Sorry, Stuart. It's just the way the Constitution works or something like that. And Stuart Varney was like, yeah, well... Just totally discounting it? Very dismissive wow. of the Constitution. It's kind of like, um, uh, who's the dick over there? Um, Pierce Morgan. Yes. Used to, oh, your little Constitution. Like yeah. making, it's like, hey, fuck you, dude. Well, Stuart Varney is a conservative, though. So yes. he, he is supposed to revere the Constitution. You would think. Maybe not as much as a libertarian would, I guess, but more than liberals that he hates, right? Right. Because, you know, we we hate the Constitution on the liberal side. Yeah, it, yeah. That's a joke. Yes, but <laughs> but then when it comes to... Um, Jokes are good when you have to say, that's a joke. Yes. When it comes to uh, CNN and Jim Acosta, Stuart Varney, not too down with the Constitution. Yeah, right. But Donald Trump continued tweeting and said, the only quote-unquote collusion is that of the Democrats with Russia and many others. Why didn't the FBI take the, are you ready, server from the DNC? Oh, my God. They still don't have it. Check out how biased Facebook, Google, and Twitter are in favor of the Democrats. That's the real collusion. Seriously. Mm-hmm. Well, he's also he's also calling into question the legality of the Mueller probe, saying that it's totally illegal. Well, listen, if it's illegal, Donald Trump, then if you say you have the power to end it, then you need to end it. You have an obligation to end it if it's illegal. Do you not? Why is he not answering? <laughs> 
I wish that he would. Why doesn't he answer our phone calls? He's not answering. We keep the phone trying calls. to get through. Yeah. So uh, the other thing, and this kind of goes back to the election. Um, now that we're seeing the full makeup of the 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 freshman class, the incoming class of new representatives into Congress, yeah, there is a stark difference between what it looks like for the Democrats and what it looks like for the Republicans. Today, the newly elected members of Congress took their first group photo. Anyway, it's a history-making group, of course, but when you look at the new members separated by party, the contrast is striking. The Republican freshman class is composed of mostly white men. Well, there they are, with only one female Republican-elect. That's West Virginia's uh, Carol Miller. There are two Republican women whose races have not yet been called yet by NBC, including California's Young Kim, who would be the first Korean-American woman elected to Congress. Now, on the other hand, the Democratic freshman class, which is overwhelmingly diverse and female, includes the first Muslim and Native American women elected to the House, as well as the first black woman to be elected from Massachusetts and Connecticut, and the first black male elected to Congress in Colorado, our guest Congressman-elect Joe Neguse. We're back with the round. What do you make of your party? It's like... It's the UN. <laughs> it's, it's pretty incredible. Uh, I think there's a Hindu member, too, somewhere in there. There is. It speaks to, uh, I think, the unity in our party about believing in equality and justice for all, and that everybody should have a seat at the table. And it's been pretty incredible to spend the last few days with the freshman class. It is an incredibly diverse class, particularly in the Democratic Party, and that's something we should be proud of. Congressman Reed, now let's talk about you chaps. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think it makes your party so monochromatic? Well, you know, it is a problem, and I think we have to recognize uh, that problem. And I think what we as a Republican Party need to do uh, is to take a hard look at... Is uh, Trump trying, helping? Well, you know, obviously he's a very divisive uh, president, but I will tell you what he's doing in regards to the economic recovery, getting people back uh, to work and yeah. lowest uh, unemployment rates for African-American and, and women uh, participating in the workplace. Those are good things. And what I think we need to do as a party is do a better job of selling and telling people what we stand for. And, that, and the president did a good thing today with prison reform. I, I think that was a good that. thing. Jack Kemp. Jack Kemp was great. great on that. I have parts of his old district, good. no doubt about it. Well, look, I think the president's language um, and his demeanor and everything have completely alienated the very people that would be needed to build the Democratic, uh, the Republican Party. We have a, a, a Congress where we're going to have 102 women, uh, the largest number of women ever, and the diversity that you talked about. And I think the Democratic Party really represents the face of America. And, you know, no. it's not about making America great again because we don't want to go backwards. No. It's about how we go forward. And we've got I can't think of a a lot of African-American Republicans, Jackie Robinson, I think, uh, Will Chamberlain, uh, Lionel Hampton, but they're, they're gone. <laughs> Thank you, Congressman. They're gone because that was back in the 50s. The Republican Party was different then. Um, he, here's the deal. I think some of this is a little bit kind of platitudes that it's great and they're, they're not really explaining why. Um, the diversity is important. It's not you don't want to hire or you elect someone because they're black, mm -hmm. because they're a woman, mm -hmm. because they're a Hindu. Mm -hmm. That's I think that's antithetical to who we are as Americans. You, you want to elect them because one, they're qualified first and foremost that they know what they're doing, but secondly because a a, a varied and healthy. Um, diversity in in life experiences and viewpoints. Like, let's use, for instance, um, Alexandria Casia Cortez. Mm -hmm. She's the youngest female elected member of Congress ever. Yeah, that gives her a different experience set 
than, let's say, Nancy Pelosi, mm-hmm. who, of course, was 29 once in her life. Mm-hmm. But when she was 29, it was 1911 or whatever the fuck it was. Make it a little little ageist jab there. Perfect. She was She's much, much, much older. <laughs> so uh-huh. when she was 29, there were a different set of circumstances that she experienced she she wasn't 29 in a technological age like we live right now. It was w- pre-cell phone, everything else. So uh, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez can draw from a different set of experiences and bring that knowledge to her votes, to legislation. Does Nancy Pelosi come from a working class background? I, I don't know. Yeah, so I I don't know that either, but that is that certainly plays a role here too where Ocasio-Cortez is also f- from the working class. Yeah. And there was even that interview which was mocked on Fox News for some reason where she said that she can't afford rent because she doesn't start her job. Yeah, that's right. She can't move to DC in advance because she doesn't have money right now. Right. So she has to wait until her salary and they kicks did. in. They were dicks. They laughed about it. Like, oh <laughs> Yeah, like it's funny. A bunch of one percenters sitting around this this table on the t- on the news yeah. being a dick about it. And it's actually like the majority of Americans can't don't have enough savings in place to cover like three months of expenses yeah. or something. I think like 40% of Americans don't have enough in savings to cover three months in expenses if something were to happen to them. So they're they're laughing at 40% of Americans that if they had a change in jobs, they wouldn't be able to afford rent for three months either. Yeah, moving from one of the highest rent areas in the country to the most expensive rent area in the country. Yeah, but her perspective, being from the working class, being someone who has these moments where she's trying to do calculations of how am I going to make it through this month? How am I going to make it through the next three months? How am I going to pay my rent when this happens? People that have had to make those calculations know what it's like for other people who are currently living that. And she's bringing that to her representation in Congress. That's why it's important that the Democratic Party looks like it does. Yeah. That's why it's important that diversity is there. It's not about a numbers game that, look, we're way more diverse. That's great because that's kind of an easy way to talk about it. Yeah. But it's about experience. It's about what you bring to the table and how you view the world. And if you're a fucking white guy who's 58 years old from Kentucky, you don't, ha- you don't have that. You have a similar experience to the white guy who's 58 years old from Idaho. It's a similar thing, and you can't represent America properly from the perspective of a 58-year-old white guy from fucking Kentucky. Right, and that's what we need is people who, when these conversations are going on and you're talking about what life is like in America, what life is like for Americans, that someone can say, hey, we're not considering this. Hey, you're not considering this. And this is also something that we need to bring to the table. So, yeah, it is really important. And these people who dismiss diversity as though, oh, we're just trying to check boxes. You guys are just trying to check boxes. It's the uh, identity politics crowd. Yeah, which is very, very annoying. There's actually utility here. And if you can't recognize that, then then maybe read a little bit more. (laughs) Read. It's always the answer. It mm-hmm. almost always is the answer. Yeah. Reading. Yeah. <laughs> Learning. Please. A 
It's the asshole of today. Ainsley Earhart. To say about country. the majority. Okay, I'm the majority. So tired of protecting the minority. Gotta get it in every time. Her, uh, that one, but not for that clip. She said another fantastic thing. And we want to thank Lexi on Twitter because Lexi on Twitter sent us this. Yeah. And we also want to say if you ever come across your own asshole of today or someone who you believe is taking care of biz, please send that to us either to the email I doubt it at dollamore.com or tweet it to us at I doubt it podcast at Brittany E. Page at Dollamore or put it on our Facebook page. I doubt it with Dollamore podcast on Facebook. Yeah. Any of those guys. <laughs> uh, and and. We'll we'll put it on the show if we can make it fit. So this one is not so much asshole of today as it is stupid of dumbass of today. Yeah, and she's just an asshole. It's an asshole who said something dumbass, so she qualifies. Yes, we're giving her special dispensation. We're allowing her in the club again. Yeah, so Ainsley Earhart, of course, is the female co-host with Brian Kilmeade and Steve Ducey on mm, Fox and Friends, yes. Donald Trump's favorite show. So here she is talking about the recount going on and how the fun is really being taken out of election night, you guys. And I think part of the fun of voting... Taking, uh, the fun is being taken out of voting. And the fun is really being taken out of voting, you guys. And I think part of the fun of voting and having your voice heard is finding out on election night. We all stay up <laughs> really late to see what these votes, what, what, when they come in and when these uh, races are called. If you aren't, or you're still counting votes after 10 days, and I understand if it's super close, you it's have to close. do that. And it is down there. But if you're still counting votes, if they change it for going forward, we're still counting ballots 10 days after. It kind of takes the fun out of election night. Yeah, well, I'm willing to take the fun out to get it right, though, Ainsley. Right? And we should just go back to election day being election day. Ultimately, though, it is so beautiful. Seriously, listen. Not every vote should be counted, everybody, because it takes the fun out of voting. And I think part of the fun of voting and having your voice heard is. Fun. You pop your popcorn, you yeah. get your jam jams on, and you settle in for election night to watch who won. It's like watching a wrestling match, but like for the country. <laughs> okay. You guys really suck the fun out of voting for me. Yeah. Um, moron! And there's there's part of me there's a tiny <laughs> tiny little part of me that thinks that as she was saying this that she wanted to stop herself but it just was fighting its way out <laughs> I, of her mouth because, i think that every time because she started to slow down and was uh, uh, started to get a little herky jerky and i i know that when uh, it's hard to talk okay it's not always easy and when you're on live TV, yeah, I don't know sure. if the show is live, but you have to it is. you have to fill time. And if you start saying something and you're like, oh, it's coming out, I know that feeling. So the thing is, though, this is something she feels in her heart. I think because yeah, yeah. because it came to her. Yeah, but listen, we, we do we talk for a living, and we do have the benefit of edit. Yeah, thank we, God. We don't use it very often, but we have it. There's all, I say dumb shit all the time that I could edit out, but you know what? That, it takes the... It so takes, many failed it jokes. It takes the fun out of the show when I do that, you guys. <laughs> um, this isn't one of those situations, I don't think, though. It, mm-hmm. it takes the fun <laughs> out of voting yeah. when you have to wait mm-hmm. to hear the results. What... I think what happened, and we, uh, when we even played, Brian Kilmeade is like, that's going too far. That's where I'm getting to here. I, I, we don't. Did you just spit something yeah, out? Yeah, I spit your, something out. Okay. Uh, I had a little 
chunk of fingernail. All right. See, this is one of those moments. Perfect. Leaving it in. So I think what happened, because mm-hmm. we, we don't, I'm not watching the video. I just have the clip, the, the, the audio queued up. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't know if they're facing each other, but in my mind, this is how it's happening, that she's talking about uh, it should be fun. And mm-hmm. she's looking to him because it's going to get thrown to him. Yeah. And, and he, I, I just imagine his eyes are like, oh, panic. <laughs> just like, Jesus, what are you doing? Which has happened many, many times with her. Mm-hmm. Where like she one time was talking about uh, anecdotal evidence mm-hmm. and called it ant- antidote. The antidote evidence. Mm-hmm. College grad, University of South Carolina, journalism major. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and I'm I'm sensitive to that kind of stuff too because I say words wrong all the time, and sometimes it's hard. So I'm being a dick. Sometimes it's hard for me to find words, and I I get that. But again, I kind of come back to this is something that she felt in her heart, like on election night, yeah. <laughs> and she's been wanting to talk about it for a week because it's a real feeling for her, and. <laughs> She like needed a place to safely talk about it. Yeah. And then this just became that place. Uh, and Brian Kilmeade. Brian Kilmeade. <laughs> I know. When you get set straight by Brian Kilmeade. He's like, come on now. But it's still important that the votes are counted. She's like, oh, I know. But uh, and the segment just dies. <laughs> and that is Fox and Friends, everybody. That is Fox and Friends. Donald Trump's education. Network of choice, everybody. Fox News. So we're going to leave you there. We love you guys. We appreciate you. We need your Thanksgiving submissions, Tim. (laughs) Oh, shit. 657-464-7609. Of course, you can always email those to us from your smartphone via voice memo. I doubt it at dollamore.com. You guys are a beautiful group of people. We cannot wait to see you next time. And until then, for Brittany Page, I'm Jesse Dollamore, and this has been I Doubt It. I like <laughs> to ruin jokes, I guess. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> <laughs>